For where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am in the midst of them. There's a lot going on in that gospel. I'm reminded of an experience I had uh, in clinic, it was called Clinical Pastoral Education, CPE. Uh, it was uh, in my second year of theology, so my third year in the seminary. Um, after that, I went to Queen of Peace for nine months. And so they send us all to a hospital chaplaincy so we can learn that. I'd had some experience in that area, so I, I was already ahead of the game. I'd been in the hospice uh, volunteer and, and that sort of thing, and Eucharistic minister, the, the out, outreach to sick, and a few other things in the past. So I was already prepared, but what basically uh, I applied for and went to Dartmouth Medical Center in New Hampshire because I wanted to see New England. I had not been there. And they paid a little salary, so that paid my, my car fare there and back, you know. So uh, it was a lot of work, actually. And so what, I was the only Catholic. They, they needed a Catholic, so that's how I got that, that, that very, it was a really good assignment. But uh, they put a badge on me, said chaplain, and turned me loose. So thank God I had some skills because it kind of malpracticed, you know. But... One of the first things, maybe it still is, <laughs> when I go down there. The, do you know one of the most challenging things I've ever seen in all the years I've done this now was that very first day. I got sent into somebody's room. And here's, I can see this. It was about 25 years ago. There's a lady in bed, and she was in her 20s. And she had been on the back end of a motorcycle, and they, there had been an accident. And she didn't remember any of it, but she woke up paralyzed from the neck down and terrified. And I could see the terror in her eyes. And being young, you know, she had a whole group of folks, about 20 in the room, and they came in expecting me to do something. What would you do? At that point, you had about as much experience as I do if you've taken care of a loved one or you know, so uh, I'd been in the charismatic renewal, so I, I had prayed over people and stuff, so I didn't have any of the anointing of the sick abilities or anything. Yet. So I, I, I gathered the whole group together, and I had the two loved ones hold her hands, even though she couldn't feel it. She could see it, and she calmed down. And we, we prayed in a circle. I said some prayers from my heart. We said the Our Father. And it occurred to me while we were praying that Christ was in our midst. We could feel it, but also, in addition to that, the power of our prayers together in that really, 9-11 is, I think, Monday, it, that 9-11 that moment for that family. But Christ, think about this for a moment, and I said this in the prayer. Christ it was an insight from God, you know. Christ on the cross was immobilized. He couldn't move anything below his neck. He was pinned to, the, to a piece of wood, you know, for us just like this woman, in a sense. The only thing he could move was his feet on the fulcrum, which was agonizing, and it was designed to hurt as much as possible with nails in the, in the, in the nerves here. So we, one thinks of her, that the one she's praying to had been in bed with her, literally, when he lived on earth. And so she was Christ. In that last moment of her life, she shared something of course, she didn't ask for it, but she shared something with him forever. And we'll understand something about God that, please God, none of us will have to go through that sort of thing. But she was blessed 
by that, and so were we, even in a horrible tragedy. We often, um, Christ promised to be with us whenever two or more are gathered. We usually can't see him. Occasionally something dramatic will happen, but usually it isn't a visible uh, coming. We're not allowed to see him on earth. This is our moment of faith. Our natural condition will be to see God forever, but right now we're not allowed that. And thank God, it would, our time would be up if we saw him, so we don't want to see him yet. Um, I, um, yeah, uh, I'm not going to tell that story again. <laughs> I, I think I mentioned at some other Mass, when my sister died, it was five minutes before Mass, and I said to the Lord, I said, I'd sure like an explanation of this. I sure don't like this, your, your will very much at the moment. And he said, well, come on up and I'll explain it to you. <laughs> so I said, one more day, Lord, I can wait for that explanation. I got an immediate answer to my prayer, but it wasn't what I liked. Uh, I kept this from the eclipse. It's, um, Brian Byers, a welder, gave me this in a welding place, and it's, it's welding glass. And uh, it was just great for the eclipse. Uh, and if I look through it now, I can't see you at all. It's just like those eclipse glasses. Only the sun you can see through this and, and you know, the stars that came out. I think when we pray, there, this reminds me that I can't see God. I can't see you right now, but I know that you're there. I can't see the angels, but they're with us right now. Probably, our, whenever we think of our loved ones, they're probably aware of that and are closer than we could possibly realize but they're not allowed, we're not allowed to see them because that ruins our faith moment, see? And the other thing that this reminds me of is sometimes our prayers are ineffective for a number of reasons. I'm asking to win the lottery. That will probably ruin your life. Give me a chance to find out, Lord. That's all I ask. <laughs> all right, I, that was a joke. <laughs> Can you imagine priest wins lottery? Every beggar from here to the Mississippi River would be calling St. Ed's tomorrow morning. None of us needs this. <laughs> An opportunity, but uh, pay off the mortgage. Um, the, uh, the first thing that God wants from us is to heal our soul. Lord, I'm not worthy to receive you. Only say the word and my soul will be healed. Don't most of us first ask for the body? for our finances, for our, our family. We think of those poor people in Florida. I've got a cousin right, on, right in the bullseye uh, tonight. I'm worried about her. I emailed her. She's right outside the evacuations. You know, a lot of us know people like this, Texas. And, and, you know, God doesn't answer right away, but he wants to heal our soul. That's the first and most important thing. If I've got an unforgiveness for my brother, I can think of a few people as a priest that people didn't like what my decision. This did not happen here, please, God. But in one of my previous ones, somebody went all over town telling people how bad this decision was that we made. But to me, they never talked. Never said a word to me, just to everybody else. That's a sin. And when we do that, we hold something between us and God. It, God wants to send a grace in it, and we're deflecting it like this. Oh, God, be merciful to me and get that guy. Well, the Lord's going to say, you know, I can't wait to bless you, but you're holding something between us. Put me first, and I'll put you first. What do we do, you know, human beings? Lord, I'm first, and I'll give you the leftovers. Well, you know, so I think most of us are going around holding one of these, deflecting God's graces because they look like sufferings and uh, wonder why he's not answering us. 
Um, so often, we don't really know what's best for us, do we? And God knows what's best. He sees us in eternity. Our time here on earth is extremely limited. Even the longest life is, is but a moment. And so while he does want to heal us, we have to remember every single healing in the Bible, the person still passed away. They were all temporary. But what did the, the paralyzed man, when he was lowered dramatically in front of Christ, the first thing he says is, courage, my son, your sins are forgiven. That's not what he wanted. What he wanted was to heal the paralysis, but God saw the paralysis of the soul. So our Lord uh, makes it clear to us that he wants to answer our prayers. Sometimes they take a long time. Sometimes we're not asking the right thing. Oftentimes there's a blockage, and we have to ask God, have I put something before you? Is there something that needs to be healed in our relationship that's holding me back from a deeper walk with you? that I don't ask for the right things for my family? Um, are you saying something in the world through the tragedies of the modern times that I need to become aware of? How can I make a difference in the world that I live in right now? That's the only thing I can do. Um, I feel kind of helpless myself in the face of hurricanes and God knows what. I'm praying for human trafficking and none uh, talked to me last night that's working on that, my former vocation director. What can I do about all this stuff? Uh, Korea, you know what I can do? <laughs> it sounds like a commercial. I can buy a bag of fair trade coffee and make some farmer happy. You know, I'm just, it's, what I mean is, all I can do is some small thing. I can't do a big, I can't solve, solve all those problems. I can just do what God gave me to do today. And suddenly, we begin to see God in the midst of us everywhere. And prayer becomes almost, God becomes almost visible among us. And he's here all the time. We just pray that God will open our eyes and our ears to hear him, even as we know that he hears us.